Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Showing Up to Your Life podcast and YouTube channel. My name is Art Burns. It's Monday morning, and I am really excited to be here with you today to talk about some really important topics about mindfulness and, and about heartfulness and about how these wonderful practices can make such a difference in our lives, and not just for ourselves, right? But it does start with ourselves, of course, but it also impacts everyone, who, who, with whom we come into contact every single day. And this, this point is really, really important, like urgent that you understand this point, right? That, that as, we're, as we're doing the work that we're doing, right, as we're, as, you know, like we talked about last week, you know, getting in touch or, or understanding, bringing the shadow of our, of our consciousness or our unconsciousness, you know, bringing the unconscious into the conscious, right, bringing the, the, the shadow into the light, right, and when we do that, we, we get in touch with our, our inner, you know, our, our inner nature and our true authentic self, right, we do all these things that we talk about, right? What happens is, yes, it, it benefits you. It certainly benefits you. I mean, I'm living proof, right? Like I used to be, you know, 10 years ago, you wouldn't have even recognized me, okay? I mean, I was a, a walking time bomb of, you know, like ready to have a heart attack 10 years ago, you know? And, and here I am today, I'm the picture of health. Like there's literally nothing in my health that, that is alarming at this point, right? Uh, whereas it used to be like, how long am I going to have? live, you know, like that's the level of difference that this work can make, right? Not just in the physical health, of course, it's also the emotional health, the ability to sleep, the ability to, um, to, to uh, you know, to accomplish things in our lives, the ability to relate to other people, the ability to actually listen to other people, right? Like these are all aspects that are going to impact you as you do this work, right? But equally as important, if not maybe more important, right, is how the work that you're doing, right, by by bringing your your you know shadow into the light, by by coming into contact and into to true alignment with your your authentic self, you know, by doing all of these things, right, by 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 just you know cultivating this this presence, this acceptance, this curiosity, and this compassion for every arising moment, right? When we do this, it changes the way we interact with those people around us, right? And and it's not even in our direct interactions. It is certainly going to impact your direct interactions, right? So when you speak with your children or you speak with a colleague or you speak with a friend or you speak with a, a loved one or, or a romantic interest of some sort, right? Or a significant other, whatever you want to call it, any of these people, you know, when you're talking to them, you're going to actually be there with them right? You're going to truly listen in a way that you never thought you could listen before. You had no idea because you didn't know you were doing it wrong, right? Or not even wrong, but you didn't know that there was anything, you know, uh, missing or that anything was amiss by about what you were doing, right? But, but later you realize like, wow, all that time I thought I was listening to people, I really wasn't. All that time that I thought I was really present with people, I really wasn't. But, but even more than that, and that's the direct effect, right? And that is going to be very, very strong, right? Very strong. But in addition to that, <laughs> but wait, there's more. In addition to that, right, it's also about how, you know, how you just carry yourself through the through the world, right? I mean, I'm tempted to say it's the energy, right? But I don't want to get into like a, a woo-woo new age concept of like you're operating at a higher frequency and that's what's going to make everything change. 
you know, there's some validity to that, of course, I think, um, you know, maybe, <laughs> right? But but really what I'm talking about when I say energy, it's it's that, you know, how do you respond to things, right? Like like when, you know, when the, the, the carton of milk falls off the counter, right? Are you the person who goes <gasps> and, and runs over to, to cause all kinds of further stress around this thing that happened? Or are you the kind of person who takes a deep breath and says, the milk is already on the floor, you know, freaking out about it is not going to do anything uh, to, to help the situation. And so if I can just absorb this in a, in a, a calm and, and, you know, sort of, of, um, balanced way, you know, then then there's no need for the emotional reactivity that's involved, right? So if you're that latter person, right, now, instead of the person who you know loses their mind over the whatever spilled or whatever happened, but instead approach it with a, a sense of of again <laughs> presence, acceptance, compassion, and curiosity. Well, then you become someone who is, you know, attractive, right? And I don't mean attractive in the sense like you're going to get better looking. Ironically, you will get better looking. And that's really interesting, too. We'll talk about that another time. I'm going to make a note of that. Um, but, uh, but, but it's not that kind of attractiveness that I'm talking about. I'm talking about the attractiveness, again, of the energy, right? Like you are going to be the person who people want to spend time with right? You're going to be the person who people want to be around. You're, and it's not just about want, you know, I, I say that as though you're trying to make friends and influence people, right? Wasn't that a Tony Robbins book, you know? Um, that's not the point, right? The point is that that you're going to be this sort of, you know, this this entity in the world that that feels safe, that feels calm, that feels you know, somebody that I would follow, right? Like, like, you know, you feel good to me, right? And that is going to change everything, right? It's like the, the story that I told you about, I think, uh, last week or the week before with Thich Nhat Hanh, right? Where he, when he was doing work in, uh, in Vietnam during the Vietnam American War, um, he, uh, he, you know, he, he tells stories about frequently, uh, people would overload these little rowboats and try to get across the Gulf into Thailand where they would be safe from the war, right? Where there weren't bombs, there weren't napalm, there weren't shooting, you know? And so they would overload these boats, like hundreds of people on these little rowboats. And frequently they would capsize out there in the water and in the middle of the night, whatever, and, and people would die, you know? But Thich Nhat Hanh says that if even one person on that boat maintained a level of calm and maintained a presence that said, you know, I'm okay. There's nothing to be afraid of. Well, even one person can impact the rest of the people on that boat so that maybe everybody acts a little more calmly. Maybe they they distribute their weight more evenly. Maybe they're, you know, more careful about what they're doing. They're not operating from this place of fear and panic, but instead operating from a place of love for one another, Right. And then maybe they'll get to where they're going safely. At least they're increasing their chances, right? And so, so Thich Nhat Hanh uses that metaphor to talk about how uh, how we perform. He calls the, this Earth uh, just a rowboat in in the cosmic sea, right? And that we're all walking around here, and it's a scary place. It can be a very very scary place for us. But if if just a few of us, right? If just you are able to smile and to and to you know, kind of, you know, again, like, pro, you know, project that energy of, of acceptance, of presence, of compassion and curiosity, 
well, then maybe we can impact those around us in a positive way. And so that's what I'm talking about in terms of how the practice that you do is not just for you. It's for everyone with whom you come into contact. And, and I'll remind you that one of, the, one of the core aspects, one of the four constituents of well-being is generosity. And so, so as you cultivate this ability to be present, to be accepting, to be uh, compassionate, and to be curious, and, 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 and as you gain you know, patience and altruism and, and, and kindness through this, these practices, right? Well, then you are doing something for everyone else, right? Like, so, so every time you sit down to practice, it is an act of generosity, we don't necessarily see it that way because we see what we're doing for ourselves, right? We see like, okay, I'm going to become a better father, a better husband, a better lover, a better, uh, you know, um, uh, hockey player, <laughs> whatever it is I'm doing this work to become better at, you know, that's what we're usually focused on. And so I wanted to bring attention to you or bring awareness, bring your attention to the fact that it's not just you, right? That actually you are positively impacting so many people around you. And so, so don't just do this work for yourself, do it for the work, for the benefit of all of those people as well, right? And that's, that's a big deal and it's important, right? And so, so today what I wanted to talk about was, was, you know, a lot of times when we, we talk about, you know, mindfulness, like I just got off a, of a call with a client a little while ago and, you know, my, my approach to teaching mindfulness is to really, you know, immerse you in practices, right? And, and the idea is that if I, you know, it's almost like throwing the spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks, right? Almost, not quite, but it's kind of like that, right? So if I give you, say, four or five different practices to do, and let's say you, you really gravitate towards two of them, that's fine. You don't have to do all five, you know. I'm giving you five practices so you can see all the different ways in which you can practice, right? But pick one or two or three that work really well for you and focus on those, you know. And and a lot of times when, you know, even if I'm not approaching with all these different practices, a lot of times, you know, when people approach this work of mindfulness, the concept that people have is that it's going to be hard, Right. And, and that's because most of the things that we do in life are hard. It's also because the people who come to me are struggling with things like stress and anxiety and anger and, and you know, maybe depression and all kinds of things that, that make life very difficult. Right. Like these alone, like when you're in stress. Right. You're operating from, you know, you're not operating from a place of love. You're operating from a place of fear. And, and as you operate from a place of fear, it seems like everything that's going on is out to get you, right? And so life feels like this survival thing that we have to go through, right? And this happens with people with, with anger issues too, which is something I'm going to be talking about uh, quite a bit in the next couple of weeks as I, as I gear towards this new program that I'm launching in a couple of weeks. But, but the idea though is that it, you know, it feels hard because we're making it hard, right? When we're all wrapped up in that stress or the anger or anxiety or any of these, any number of, of different sort of uh, maladies that can happen in the mind, you know, what we're doing is we're making it harder. We really are. And that's what stress is, right? It's, it's your, your body's working so hard 
anger is the same way. Anger is really just an expression of stress in a way, which I'm going to explain to you at some point. Uh, but but the, the fact of the matter is that you're literally making your body work harder, right? It's like you're, you're you know, instead of just rolling down the street in a car nice and easy and, you know, letting the car kind of idle and, and, and purr, you know, you're just pedal to the metal all the time. That's what it's like being in stress and being in chronic anger like that. That's exactly what it's like. And and when we when we're doing that, right, it just feels like it's just so hard. And so so that, you know, so so I mean things anything <laughs> that we do that's new always seems kind of hard, right? And that's natural. And that's it is hard, right? Because you're doing something new. It's not that easy, right? But but we tend to overcomplicate things because they feel hard. We feel like the more complicated I make it, the more, you know, advantageous the work's going to be. It's kind of like what I talked about the other day with worrying and anger, right? Like we worry because we feel as though, well, if there's nothing I can do about this problem, at least I can sit here and worry, right? At least I'm, I'm doing something productive, right? Well, of course, as I talked about the other day, that's not really productive. All it's doing is, is causing pain and, and, and it's feeling exhausting. So you feel like you're doing something, but what you're really doing is you're taking away your resources to actually see and actually solve the problem. So, so while it feels like it's working that way, it's really not, <laughs> you know? And, um, and so, and so I wanted to, uh, you know, so, so that's the way in which we often feel like we have to make things more complicated and, and, and almost like the more complicated something is, the more, at, you know, the more benefit we're going to get out of it, right? Like that's the way we fool ourselves a little bit, right? But nothing could be further from the truth right? And it's actually most of the things, and certainly with this practice, you know, most of the really impactful things in our lives, the more simple, the better, right? Like even going to the gym, right? Like you don't have to think about all that, you know, you just got to show up to the gym and just get your heart rate up, right? Like that's really, and then just lift weight with certain muscles, you know, like that's really what going to the gym is all about, right? But we get these senses like, okay, I got to work on legs this day. I got to work on arms this day, my back this day. I got to, you know, I got to do it right. I got to do it in a certain way or else it's just not going to be right, <laughs> Most most uh, personal trainers would tell you you're overthinking it, right? And the same thing happens with meditation practices and mindfulness practices, right? That that ultimately it's the most simple thing that you're ever gonna do, right? Like like this work is super simple. It's like, it's like deceptively simple, right? And that's, again, that's the deception. That's the delusion that we have is that we feel that it can't possibly be impactful if it's this simple, right? But it really is. And, and, and really the, the base bottom line of all of it, everything that we do in this practice, right? As, as you've heard me say here before, it's all about awareness, right? It's about cultivating a deep, deep level of awareness so that we can see our own suffering, right? We can see, you know, when we can see our suffering itself, then we can trace back where the suffering is coming from. And when we can trace back where the suffering is coming from, and we realize that it's in some form of either clinging or aversion, right? Or the delusion that creates the clinging or the aversion. But that right there is where it all is, right? And so it feels like it should be as easy as just giving you like a sentence, like, hey, don't, you know, don't cling, don't push away and try to see things for what they really are. 
that's really what we're doing here, right? But of course, it's not that easy, right? Because we have all of this stuff that we have to work through first, right? But if, but essentially, at the end of the day, that's really all we're doing is cultivating awareness, right? And and that's something that we don't do naturally, right? And that's the thing is that we don't focus on awareness. We focus on accomplishments. We focus on, you know, getting someplace very quickly. We, we focus on, you know, buying the right clothes and the right cars and the right uh, foods and the right uh, living in the right place and, and all this stuff and putting up pictures on Facebook and Instagram so that we look like we're living our best life, right? Like that's what we feel is, you know, the important thing in our lives, right? And that's, you know, unfortunately, that's where stress lives, you know, and a lot of that stuff, right? And so, um, and so really, again, the, the concept then of mindfulness and, and where, you know, where mindfulness really resides is in the awareness, right? And not just the awareness of, of like, you know, like, well, let me put it this way. When, when we do deepen our awareness like that, we can see, then wait a second, what am I doing here? I'm, I'm just living so that I can put these pictures on Facebook. Why don't I actually enjoy what I'm doing, <laughs> you know, instead of, you know, just enjoying having people like it on Facebook, right? So we, we become more aware of, of how we're taking away from our own happiness and how we're, we're causing our own suffering, right? Become aware of that, right? And when we become aware of it, that's the first step in actually changing it. Right. But oftentimes the changing it is the really easy part. <laughs> you know, it's it's the awareness that's the key. That's the that's the part that 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 is, um, uh, you know, that's the part that that kind of, you know, again, it's elusive. And 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 but when we can get that, everything else starts to fall into place. And it's pretty amazing. Right. And so I wanted to share a story with you from when I was really young. And, and I thought that this might help to illustrate something about awareness. Right. Because awareness is, you know, it's one thing for me to be aware of, OK, I've got this sensation in my body. This correlates with the the emotion of anger and the emotion of anger is something that always gives me a hard time and always results in me lashing out at someone. So so now that I feel this 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 feeling associated with the emotion of anger, now I can inquire as to what thoughts I'm having that are causing this all to come about. And now once I've identified it, I can simply let it go. Right. I can just just let it go. And I don't have to engage in it, right? So that's that's where the 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 functional sort of remedy of, of all of it is is very much simpler or more simple than than the actual awareness itself. The awareness is the difficult thing to, to cultivate, right? Because what it requires is for us to slow down and to and to really look and to attend to every present moment that, that is happening as it's arising, right? That's the challenge. But once we get that, the rest is pretty easy. But again, it's one thing to be aware of just what's going on. Same thing as being aware of what's happening around me, right? Like if I hear a noise, like being aware of, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm in this, this place right now. I can sense myself in this, this space and time, right? That's one part of awareness. The other part of awareness, which is perhaps even more impactful and maybe more important, is what we call meta-awareness, right? Awareness of awareness, right? Now that is when you're cooking with gas, right? And, and, and awareness of awareness is, um, 
just basically knowing where your attention is at any given moment, right? That's that's essentially what we're talking about when we say uh, meta awareness, right? It's just it's it's knowing it, it's it's having a concept of at at moment to moment, again at any given time, knowing where your attention is, right? And that that sounds like a pretty simple thing, and it and it and it should be a very simple thing, and in in it in its concept, it is simple. But by no means is it something that's easy, and by no means is it something that naturally that necessarily comes naturally to most of us, right? In fact, it's quite the opposite. Most of the time, how many times have you driven somewhere, right? And you pull into your driveway or you pull into the parking lot of where you're going, and you sit there and you say, I have no idea how I just got here. I had no idea the route I took. I had no idea how many stoplights. I have no idea who I passed, what I did. I, I just showed up here, right? How many times have you been reading a book and, and you realize that, wait a minute, I, I really don't know what happened in the last three pages. I got to go back. You know, how many times are you watching TV and you, you say, wait a second, what did they, I, what did they just say, right? How many times does that happen? It probably happens all the time. It probably happens maybe more often than it doesn't happen, right? And that's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's just the way that your mind has been trained. Not intentionally, of course. Nobody would intentionally do that to themselves, I think, you know. Um, maybe some people would, but most people would not intentionally train their mind to be lacking awareness. That doesn't seem very advantageous to anyone, right? But, but yet... We do it, right? We train ourselves that way. And we do it with, you know, like at one point uh, in some research I was doing a few years ago on this, the, these kind of topics, I came across the notion that some uh, a blogger had put out there where he said, attention slavery, I was like, ooh, yeah, <laughs> that is a real thing right now because that's how it feels, right? We have so many different things that are trying to get our attention, right? We have our cell phones, we have our computers, we have our televisions, we have our radios, we have, you know, uh, th there's commercials on the radio in the car, there's there's pop-up ads on our computers, there's skywriters in the, you know, planes with, with uh, you know, banners hanging off of them, there, there's outdoor television uh, outdoor uh, uh, billboards you know things on the sides of buses things in bus stops things on on benches you know where you're just supposed to sit there's an advertising on there as well you know and there's there's so many of these things there's a 24-hour news cycle there's you know and especially if you're a parent you also have, have as many kids as you have you have that many voices tugging at you and you know pulling on your sleeve and saying hey dad hey dad hey dad hey dad right in the midst of all of this right and so so it gets to be pretty pretty, <laughs> it gets to be pretty hectic and, and pretty overwhelming, right? And so, and so it's no wonder that, that all of our, you know, our attention being, you know, sort of hijacked in this way so often and so consistently, it, it, it seems no wonder that we might have a hard time knowing exactly what we're paying attention to, right? And it's not by mistake, right? It's not by mistake and it's not your fault, 
right? Now, Dan Siegel, Dr. Dan Siegel, uh, talks about, uh, he has he has this really wonderful practice called the Wheel of Awareness, right? Which is really focused on the concept that, you know, that, that, that the awareness that we have is really broad or potentially very broad. But again, what we wind up doing is we wind up closing ourselves down. So we're, we're looking at sort of this tunnel vision of what's happening in the world around us, right? We're just spotlighting it and we're not really paying attention to all this. And so Dan has this, Dr. Siegel, pardon me, has this great um, uh, metaphor that he uses of uh, picture your, your awareness is an espresso cup filled with water right? Just a little tiny coffee cup filled with water, right? Now, let's say you take a tablespoon of salt, right? And you dump that tablespoon into that little cup of water. That water is going to be pretty undrinkable, right? It's going to be salt water, just like if you took a sip out of the ocean, which we all know we're not supposed to do, right? <laughs> it doesn't help us to drink salt water. It actually makes us need more water, right? And so, so of course, it's going to be very unpleasant, right? It's going to cause you to suffer, right? Because it's going to be like, ew, that's all salty, that water, right? So now let's say this. Let's say instead of an espresso cup, we enlarge that vessel to be, say, a gallon jug, right? Or let's say a two-gallon jug, whatever you want to talk about, a bathtub, whatever, right? You know, and, and, and so it's the same water, right? Just more of it, right? And then when we take that same tablespoon of, water, of salt and we dump it into a gallon or two gallons or a bathtub full of water, and now we take a sip, we hardly even notice the salt, right? It doesn't bother us so much. It does not cause us to suffer, because we're aware of everything else, right? That's how awareness works. And so, and and in in uh, uh, the the wheel of awareness uh, practice, it's a guided meditation that Dr. Siegel, um, uh, you know, does. That that in the end, what he does is so so the 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 rim of the of the wheel of awareness are all the different things that you can you know that you know, right? But the hub in the very center of the wheel is just pure awareness, just anything that you can possibly be aware of, right? And at one point, what he does, he uses like the spokes of the wheel, say, okay, now we're going to move the spoke over to this area and, and look at that part of the wheel. But then eventually he takes the spoke and he says, bend it around back into the awareness so that you can truly just dwell in this place of awareness of your awareness, Right. And so here's this this little story that I wanted to tell you um, to, to just illustrate how how, you know, how elusive this meta awareness can be. Right. When I was really young, like four or five years old, maybe six or seven, something like that. We were watching on TV back then, you know, you didn't have, you know, Netflix or anything like that, you know, and, and they were running on like Channel 5 or whatever. They were running the movie called The Sting, which is an old uh, Redford and Newman movie. Fun movie, great movie. Go check it out, of course. I mean, it's, you know, those guys made amazing movies. So it was, it was, it, this was one of them, right? But, but the thing, and it's all about card cheating and stuff like that right and and in the end they set up this very elaborate you know sort of um uh con job right to 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 win you know to cheat on this thing and take the money and stuff like that right and the, the plot is not that important but, but but what i wanted to bring up to you is that you know during when i was watching the movie with my mother you know she's sitting on the chair i'm sitting on the floor watching this movie and at some point like in that just before that last scene where the, all that stuff goes on my mother said now art really pay attention now. Make sure you're paying attention now. 
because it's going to get this is this is the important part. You got if you're going to get this movie, pay attention now. That kind of thing. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, but haven't I haven't I been paying attention? Like, you know, this is all in my mind, right? And I'm like, but haven't I been paying attention? I thought I was paying attention. I guess I wasn't paying attention. Now I have to pay attention. How do I pay attention? And I'm I'm trying to I'm 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 following along and I'm I'm sitting there and I'm thinking like, okay, am I paying attention now? Well, how can I be paying attention if I'm if I'm thinking about what I'm paying attention? And so I must be missing it. Oh no, I'm getting it all wrong. Now my mom's gonna be angry with me. What's going on? How do I do what do I do? <laughs> and and the whole and I'll never forget. Like, like that's literally how I ended that movie, and I, I mean, I could watch it now, and I'm sure I could pick up on it and, and figure it out and stuff. But, but I, I was not able to either pay attention to the movie, nor to know if I was paying attention to the movie. That's the key that I'm trying to tell you. That is meta awareness, right? That is awareness of awareness, and that is something that I just had none of, right? Of course, I was five years old or whatever it is, right? But as adults, there's lots of people who, who don't, right? Like, I remember I was at a, uh, a barbecue um, like two or three years ago, a 4th of July barbecue, and, and I was sitting there and talking to somebody. My daughter and I were talking to this, this uh, woman at the party, and literally, while she's talking to us, she's just, oh, blah, 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 blah. She goes onto her phone and checks her Instagram and, and eh, yeah, yeah, you, you know, yeah, blah, 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 goes back to her phone, checks her Instagram, like right there as I'm sitting there. And I'm like, wow, this woman has literally no concept of where her attention is at any given moment. Because, because if she watched a videotape of her doing that, she would say, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that, you know? But at the time, she didn't understand that it was happening. She didn't realize it was happening. Again, not her fault. It didn't make me angry at her. It didn't make me hurt because she wasn't paying attention to me. But what it made me feel was, gosh, I wish I could work with this woman to show her, to, to teach her some practices that, with which she can cultivate meta-awareness right? So where is meta-awareness going to be helpful for you, right? Well, like I just said, while we're driving so many times, you know, we pull into someplace and it's like, no idea how we got there, right? Uh, but it's not just that. It's also when you're talking to someone, right? Knowing when, when you're aware, when your attention is no longer right here on the person, the benefit of knowing when our attention has wandered is because knowing that our attention has wandered gives us the opportunity to bring it back. And the more often we do that, the more often we create the skill of holding our attention, which is also one of the four main uh, key components of your well-being is attention, right? Not only be, not only being able to pay attention, but knowing when your attention has wandered, that's a key aspect to your well-being. That is meta-awareness, right? And so, so it's not just in any one part of our life, but actually in every part of our life that meta-awareness is going to benefit us, right? Knowing when we're actually listening to a person that we're talking to or, or knowing when our mind has wandered and knowing it's soon enough that we can bring it back so we don't miss anything, right? Knowing when you're, you're not really paying attention to what you're watching on television or reading in your book. Knowing, um, you know, being really present with the driving, you know, because the problem is that, that when our attention wanders almost always it's going to wander to someplace that's not happy, 
right? It's going to want it to either a neutral or a negative aspect of our lives. And when it goes to those places, we're going to start inviting stress into our bodies, right? So it's, so it's really a functional thing here that we're talking about, a very highly functional thing, right? Because, because when we're driving our car and we're not paying attention to where we are, we're thinking about the bills or we're thinking about the work or we're thinking about the social engagements or the health problems that we might have or whatever. And that's when we're getting ourselves into this place of stress where we don't even know what the heck is going on, quite frankly, right? And so, so the idea is to, to cultivate this level of awareness so that we know when our minds are wandering, and once we know our mind is wandering, we can easily bring it back. All right, folks, I, I hope that was helpful for you today. I hope you understand everything. If you have any questions about this, this is a really important topic. So please, if you have any questions about it, please, 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 please let me know, okay? Because I'm, I'm here to answer whatever questions you have. All right. I'm going to leave a link in the in the uh, description, as always, to, to book a call with me if you like. Um, again, you can talk about this or you can talk about anything you want to talk about. OK, it's all good. Um, so so let me know. Otherwise, I'll be back again tomorrow with some great uh, more information. And uh, and yeah, if you want to know specifically about this course that I have coming in two weeks, still haven't announced it to the public outside of our tribe here. Uh, so if there's if you're interested and you want me to hold a spot for you, or you want to learn more so, you know, so that you can hold the spot, use the link below to, to book a call with me. Okay. And I'll talk to you then. We'll, we'll figure it all out with you. Okay. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. I wish you well. Take care.